The Bible Study Podcast, episode 321. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of John with chapter 1. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I should say before we get into this episode, I would covet your prayers. I just quit my day job, and I quit my day job to work on some projects of my own. And that's just a little on the scary side. I'm hoping it won't impact the production schedule of the Bible Study Podcast, but I thought I would mention it. We're continuing on with John chapter 1 with the calling of the disciples, starting in John chapter 1, 43. The next day Jesus decided to leave Galilee, finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe. Because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In last week's episode, Jesus started gathering his disciples. He started with two disciples of John the Baptist, Andrew and John, although we mentioned John is never mentioned by name in his gospel. And this week he starts gathering others. He finds Philip, who, like Andrew and Peter, is from Bethsaida. Peter has already heard their news from his brother, Andrew. Then Philip does what you should do. He went and found his friend. He went and found Nathanael and said, come, we found the one. We found the one the prophets talk about. We found this Jesus. But he says, Jesus of Nazareth, and that is Jesus' hometown. And Nathaniel has an interesting response. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? We don't know what natural biases Nathaniel has against Nazareth, but he has some, and he is not afraid to say so. So it's interesting that when Jesus meets him, he says, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Now, we don't know if this is Jesus' nice way of saying, here's somebody who speaks his mind, or if he's just a loudmouth, but we do know that Jesus impresses Nathaniel from the first moment he meets him by letting him know that he sees things that he shouldn't be able to see if he's just a regular teacher. And Nathaniel says, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And so this is the second big recognition of who Jesus is here in the book of John. Very early on in Jesus' ministry, really hasn't started his ministry, just started to gather people. But John, who was one of the eyewitnesses from the beginning, says, Nathaniel saw it. Nathaniel saw it early. In fact, he's the first of the disciples here, according to John's account, to recognize who Jesus is. And Jesus says, you believe me because I said I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel, you don't know the kind of ride that you're going to see. You don't understand all that you will see, the wonders that are in front of you, basically. You will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And all of these people who Jesus is starting to gather really don't know yet what they're in for. And I mention that because I think that's true of us as well. 
if we think about our faith, we should do like Philip does. We should share it. We should say, hey, come see this Jesus and let me tell you what he means to me. And I love Philip's response when Nathaniel gets all snooty and says, well, Nazareth, anybody could come out of Nazareth. He says, come and see. And I think that come and see really should be our evangelism. Come and see. Now, hopefully, we're bringing people into churches that are filled with love, churches that are filled with broken people who are being mended, churches that are filled with people who are being honest, churches that are filled with people who are forgiven sinners, who are themselves forgiving. And when that is where you are, then why not just come and see? Going on into John 2, Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciple had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you save the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed for a few days. Now, this is... I would have to say, of all the miracles that Jesus has done, all the miracles that are recorded in the Gospels, all the miracles that will be recorded in John's Gospel, this is, in some ways, the silliest miracle. This is a miracle that doesn't save someone their sight. It doesn't help somebody to walk who hasn't walked. It doesn't make a deaf person hear again. It doesn't bring someone back from the dead. It doesn't feed thousands But what it does is it saves a couple, a young couple, social embarrassment. It seems to be, from that point of view, a silly miracle, a miracle that is pointless. Why would you take this sort of miracle ability, if you could do it, and perform a miracle at all at this wedding? And that seems to be somewhat what Jesus says to his mother is, why do you involve me? My hour hasn't yet come. This isn't appropriate. And yet, he does it anyway. He performs this miracle And the thing I like about this story, though, is when Jesus performs a miracle, he performs a miracle. As long as he's at it, why make cheap wine? Why not make, in fact, gallons and gallons and gallons of the best wine? Six stone jars, 20 to 30 gallons each, and the best wine that they have served so far at this wedding. And Jesus doesn't make a public show of this. The servants know The disciple who came with Jesus, that would be John, knows. Mary knows. And Mary knew that this could happen. Mary didn't know what was going to happen. But I love the fact that Mary understands a couple things about Jesus. Now, she should. She is his mother. He did grow up with her. So he understands that even though 
this isn't a big deal. This isn't that important as far as important things go, that Jesus cares. And she understands that. And so she understands that Jesus can do something, that he cares, and therefore that he will do something. And I think that that is a pretty good start. She doesn't know what he's capable of doing, quite likely. And we don't know what God is capable of doing. We don't know what God will do in any particular situation. But I think if we understand that God cares, is capable, and we live with the expectancy that Mary has, that God will intervene, that Jesus will step in, then her instructions are wonderful ones. Do whatever he tells you. There's a lot more that will be written in the Bible after this point about discipleship and what it means to be a disciple and what it means to follow Jesus and the things you should do and the things you should do less of, the things you should not do. And yet, do whatever he tells you is a pretty darn good start. And so we get a private miracle. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we see that God touches us in ways that are private, that are subtle that I think many people don't see. I pray that this week you and I would have eyes to see where God is moving and that we would obey Mary's instructions, do whatever he tells you. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x, join the Facebook community. But please, whatever you do, could you pray for me this week, and especially for this whole new adventure that I'm going to be on? And as always, thanks so much for listening. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.